Wessex LMCs supporting you and your practice. So my name is uh, Dr Gareth Bryant. I'm the Chief Executive of Wessex Local Medical Committees and I'm here today with Matthew Dolman who is a GP in Somerset and also uh, has a role with NHS England. So Matthew would you like to introduce yourself? Thanks Gareth. Um, I'm a, as Gareth said, a GP in Somerset but um, have been supporting NHS England regionally over the last 18 months um, from a primary care perspective where I can um, and in the context of this conversation I've been supporting um, all the systems across the southwest um, and the region thinking about RSV um, so that's as I say is, is why I'm here for the conversation. Great so why is the system so worried about RSV now? So I think, um, well, we know it's not a matter of thinking. Um, the the data from Australia, the data from the other side of the world uh, in their summer last year gave the indication to um, Public Health England um, and uh, the wisdom that um, we need to be aware that because of the pandemic, um, children, um, young people, and indeed adults have had less exposure to the common respiratory conditions that we've all been managing for generations. And what they saw last winter was a spike uh, in their summer and it triggered um, the, the, the thinking nationally and regionally to, to prepare ourselves for what essentially um, is a winter prevalence now. And in April this year, um, this was cascaded down through to um, hospital trusts. Um, and we picked up on it to say, well, um, it's really important that out of hospital teams are also focused on this increased demand. So, so that is the, the reality, the, the modeling and the reality is showing somewhere between a 20 and a 50% increase in uh, RSV presentations that's in hospitals and to EDs um, and of course there's an interesting question to think about how we capture the activity in primary care which we could maybe touch upon because I think that's really important just generally being able to tell our story um, and actually show how busy and active we are so that's the concern that obviously already pressed um, systems teams are going to be um, encountering more children, more families, more carers with with poorly children. Yeah, are any parts of England worse than others at the moment? So uh, the northwest, um, on the back of sort of the COVID, they they seem to be about two months ahead of other parts of the country. Um, now, obviously, the southwest, um, with our sort of holiday focus, um, we've already seen as we speak the COVID. Um, surge um, and we would probably anticipate that we're going to see as schools open up next week the summer holidays we're going to see that up respiratory illness uh, impact in the southwest probably greater than in other parts of the country as well. Mm. So when do you think the the real increase will kick in? So it's a bit of a movable feast, but the latest sort of figures and, and the data, again, is, is comes from public health. Thing. It's probably September. It's probably in the next two to three weeks. Yeah. OK, so there's precious little time to prepare. So we need to get this to get, get thinking about how we're going to manage this. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting about how we capture primary care data. And, I'm, you know, you're absolutely right on that. 
is yeah. that you know the system focuses on hospitals whereas actually that's only telling us a part of and actually probably quite a small part of the presentations well it's, over the years you can uh, we, well we know don't we the number of children yeah. families we've seen during the day and have we coded them have we used the template or yeah. have we just managed them and supported them um both really important there yeah absolutely what about what about parental experience in this i mean i've i've you know, very aware that we've 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 seen so little in the way of upper respiratory tract infections, sick children. We're starting to see that more now. I've seen more recently in the last few weeks than I have done for quite a while. It's felt like. Um, what about the parents in this and and lack of experience? Yeah, well, so so in, so in the conversations I've been having with colleagues, both paediatricians, GPs, health visitors, paramedics. So part of this response has been to try and join up the teams and listen. And, and obviously, well, not obviously, that's the whole point. Families haven't had the, the exposure to illness that they would normally have done last winter. So um, the occurrence of that common cold, children being unwell, parental confidence in managing conditions has obviously shifted. And, and that's what teams are describing, how families, carers um, haven't got that confidence for understandable reasons, because their children weren't sick. Um, they've never been exposed to that poorly child. So that clearly also adds to the, the sort of the anxiety around the presentation, which again is understandable with the backdrop of them thinking about COVID. So it all sort of begins to bubble in terms of that really potentially difficult, more difficult conversation, triage experience for, for teams. Um, and that was the sort of sense of how could we, signpost to to some really good stuff all the systems of doing so i know in bsw healthier together is that focal point and um as i say i would just encourage colleagues to make sure they just take some time to just scan through that because as a resource yeah. it's it's really exemplary really in terms of signposting and giving both professionals and parents good advice um so, so that's some of the learning for sure we've seen just in the last six weeks or so. And of course, it's really important to remember that as parents might not have had the experience, actually, we haven't seen it for a while as well. And so our kind of professional confidence in assessing children might have changed. I think that's exactly right, isn't it? I think that educational sort of bundle, how can we, and I'm really keen to think, how do we make those connections with our paediatric colleagues who are, are really supportive in that sense to think about how can they support us as teams to be confident in potentially using pulse oximetry in a child, potentially just going through those, you know, those amber signs that you see in Healthier Together, which, as we all know, it's easy when the child is, you know, I've never been a fan of rag rating, but a green child is easy to manage. A red child is, but it's that amber, really sort of, sort of, in between zone that that you need to be able to get some support and, as I say, think about talking to paediatric colleagues and 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 setting up some some educational uh, input. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, Healthier Together is a uh, a website resource um, that was developed in Dorset, Hampshire, and the Isle of Wight and endorsed by the Royal College of Paediatrics and Child Health and also um, us at the LMC, we were quite involved in developing it. And it's got uh, a lot of resources for, for parents, but also there is a professional section, which is really useful. 
and there was a fantastic flowchart on it about the management of bronchiolitis, um, which is well worth looking at the green, amber and red risk uh, that Matthew was just, uh, just mentioning. So absolutely great resource and really worthwhile um, having a look at that. Have you got any top tips for uh, assessment then, Matthew? So I think, as I say, what's been really great for me has just been listening to and learning with um, colleagues around this this whole topic. And and one of the things that came through was that um, just that real priority, I know, but to, to tune in and listen to the family, looking for those other signs that might be indicating that this child is, is more unwell uh, and needs to be seen. And that leads on to see the child and family and carer safely. Uh, making sure you follow and keep yourself safe uh, and follow the practice approach to infection control. And, and once the child's in front of you, it's, it's, I think there is something for us to think about um, uh, pulse oximetry and having the knowledge and skills and kit to do that safely. Um, and then focus in one of the, one of the, sort of nice learning points was around feeding and how that can be a great sort of indicator from from the parent around how unwell this child is and, and looking for that drop off in the feed so those are probably the sort of top three or four uh, and then finally pick up the phone and speak to somebody don't hold on to it the pediatricians are there um, they're all expressing the the wish to to have that contact with us and to be able to discuss the case and give and make the best decision as a, as a sort of joined up approach. So reach out and, and as I say, don't hold on. So that's, that's potentially really challenging presentations, isn't it? The, yeah. the poorly child that is, 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 as you say, sitting in the sort of the, the grayness literally of uh, being unwell. So yeah, yeah. And I think, I think one of the other things that I often reflect on is, is trusting your instincts that you know you, you you've got experience as a as a doctor but also as a parent if you think this is a sick child then trust that instinct don't overthink it and seek help because that's often where that where mistakes happen particularly when we're under pressure not to admit people to hospital not to contact secondary care and actually if you think the child's sick then act on it yeah i couldn't agree more absolutely um so yes hold on to that yeah brilliant okay so nhs england um did a webinar a couple of weeks ago so we will put the link to the recording of that webinar um with the with the information on this podcast and also on our on our website as a resource so um i dialed into to most of the webinar and i thought it was a really useful um resource um some great conversations with um gps and pediatricians um, on that and it will also highlight some of the healthier together web pages which is really useful so Matthew thanks very much for your time today um, and uh, hopefully it won't be as bad as we think it might be um, but yeah it's good to have uh, a heads up that this might be coming our way uh, and be able to think about it before it actually hits us yeah thank you Gareth and as I say um, yeah pleasure good to talk okay thank you bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.